Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jess will be here after a segment or two. And I am here to say that we want to inspire you to fall deeper in love with Jesus and his bride, the church. And how do we do it? By giving you the gospel, by giving you teachings about our Catholic faith in a modern world. Today, um, we got so many things to talk about. Demographic expert warning the world should not fear population uh, growth, but should fear population collapse, not overpopulation, which is a strong message. Also, a warning, Homeland Security alerts Catholic bishops of threats to Catholic churches and clergy if Roe versus Wade is overturned. Well, they warned us, and I mean, if you can kill babies in the womb, why not kill people outside the womb? Makes sense. Also, uh, I'm going to be on Newsmax the television defending pro-life positions today at 345. So if you're tuned into that, you'll see me, my bald-headed old man here. And uh, we're also going to be covering an interesting topic, uh, which is taking our way out of the Rocky Horror, why gender restoration is the cultural war, part one. Very important topic. But before we get to all of that, we love to do our soul food. Since Jess isn't here, I'm going to do the reading, and I'll give you some commentary from the Navarre Bible. So let's read from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 17 to 19. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. <clears throat> to fulfill, yes. Amen, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or the smallest part of a letter will pass from the law until it all things have taken place. Therefore, whoever breaks one of these least of these commandments and teaches others to do so will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever obeys and teaches these commandments will be called the greatest in the kingdom of God. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to give you a commentary, folks, that are from Thomas Aquinas, doctor of the church, I get it from the Navarre Bible. It says, in this passage, Jesus stresses, and I love this word, the perennial value of the Old Testament. It is the word of God because it has divine authority. See, old and new. It deserves total respect. The old law enjoins precepts of the moral and legal and liturgical type. Its moral precepts still hold good in the New Testament because they are the most part-specific, divine, positive promulgations of the natural law. However, our Lord gives them greater weight and meaning. But the legal and liturgical precepts of the old law were laid down by God for a specific stage in salvation history, that is, up to the coming of Christ. Christians are not obliged to observe them, Right from St. Thomas Aquinas, the Summa Theological. Now, theologian, uh, let's see here. The law promulgated through Moses and explained by the prophets was God's gift to the people, a kind of anticipation of a definitive law which Christ or the Messiah would lay down. Thus, as the Council of Trent defined, Jesus not only was given to men as a redeemer, in whom they are to trust, but also a lawgiver whom they are to obey. I bring this up because we're still talking about obeying God's laws, whether it's pro-life laws, 
that God says life is sacred, thou shalt not murder. Uh, we don't have a choice. I mean, we do. You have freedom to say no to God, but God makes this very clear in the Old and New Testament. All right, let's bring the smartest guy into the room, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Full, full Sheen ahead. And this ties right into the reading we just had from Matthew about tolerance. Bishop Sheen says, Love of God and of man as an ideal has lately been replaced by a new ideal of tolerance, which inspires no sacrifices. He's describing our culture right now. He says, why should any human being in the world be merely tolerated? What man has ever made a sacrifice in the name of tolerance? <laughs> it leads men instead to express their own egotism in a book or a lecture that patronizes the downtrodden group. One of the cruelest things that can happen to a human being is to be tolerated. Never once did our Lord say, tolerate your enemies. But he did say, love your enemies, do good to them that hate you. Well, Bishop Sheen, I try to apply that today with even you know progressive liberal people who really are, I consider those people are all about themselves, pleasure-driven culture. And they want you to tolerate their actions. And this is why, again, when we talk about the pro-life issues, we have to stand up for life and not tolerate the killing of unborn babies. And not even to tolerate people who say, I'm a Catholic like Nancy Pelosi. I'm a devout Catholic. No, you're not. But I want to kill unborn babies. I'm going to do whatever I can to stop people who want to stop killing unborn babies. See, that's tolerating. No, I'm not going to tolerate that. I'm going to do everything I can to stop any just any injustice when it comes to killing unborn babies. And I would encourage you to do the same. Now, I'm tying this right into an article that came out that Homeland Security is alerting Catholic bishops to threats to churches and to the clergy if Roe is overturned. Uh, violence has been called for, for beginning the night such a decision is handed down. That's what these these liberals who want you to be tolerating them, you know, tolerate their violence. The Biden administration, thank you, Mr. Biden, Department of Homeland Security said notified all the Catholic bishops of credible threats to churches and to number members of the clergy. So this is the tweet, you know, that um, uh, Rod Dura said, senior editor of the American Conservative. He says um, that this is all being notified to our bishop. Violence has been called for the beginning of the night the decision is handed down. Informed sources, Homeland Security, obviously told them the bishops, be ready. These statements come from the DHS last month, raised the alarm that likely escalation of violence from pro-abortion extremists, including attacks tar targeting our churches and churches. So here's the threats are reportedly likely to persist and may increase leading up to the following issue of the court's official ruling. So they're putting pressure on the court not to do it. And, and it's really sad that we have people in our country who will revote to violence uh, to get their way. But according to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, from the first moment of 
a baby's existence, a human being must be recognized to have rights, and among them which is the right to life. Last month, a radical pro-abortion group, Ruth, sent us an open called for use of diversity of tactics to pressure these Supreme Court justices. The group called on supporters to identify as a Catholic for choice, which is not consistent with Catholic faith, and um, trying to oppose anybody who's for stopping the killing of one innocent life. Why do I bring this up to you? Because, look, we got a, another story, you know, again, the Colorado bishops are telling pro-abortion politicians to refrain from Holy Communion. Thanks be to God. We need more leaders in our church to stand up for the unborn. Last thing I want to mention is, again, the Stanford economists cautioning the low fertility rates that could lead to an empty planet in which, you know, is where we're going right now. If you, you're ready for this, China will have a population of 773 million uh, compared to its current billion uh, figures of 1.4 billion uh, by um, the year 2100. So China is for, forecast to have the largest decrease in raw numbers. Uh, Thailand, Japan, Spain will experience reductions in their populations that far exceed 50% of what they have now. Think about what that does to the economy. How, who's going to buy a pair of shoes if they're not here? Now, in 2020, the fertility rate in the United States was 1.6 per woman, down from 3.7 in 1960. So you can see what's happening. It's a selfish type life. People don't want to have children. They want to have freedom and fun and pleasure. And so they don't want to be controlled by uh, life-giving love. When a husband and wife come together, our church teaches you have to be open to life. The world, the devil and the flesh say, no, no, this is recreational sex. That's what sex is about. And that's not what we teach here at the Catholic faith. And I just want to say we need to proclaim that because they're really looking for truth, but they're looking in all the wrong places. That's right. Jesse, you're back, brother. Before we end, Jess, I just want to mention one more thing. You're going to be here, not this Saturday, but from a, a week, week from Saturday, we've got the, the dinner Friday night, and then we've got the men's conference. Can you give a little plug on what you're going to speak about. Terry, there's a, a real oh, blurring of the lines between the role of a male and the female. Yes. I'm going to go through the New Testament, not my opinion. Yeah. What does God's word say about the role of the male and the female? So you're not going to be able to argue with me. You're going to have to argue with God's word. Amen. <laughs> the final talk I'm going to give yeah. is... The difference between Catholicism wants to build a civilization with patriarchy and secular humanists, godless secular humanists, want to create a world of anarchy. Wow, what a great topic. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. When we come back, this is a topic that's just going to touch base on what Jesse said for the men's conference. It's all about um, transgenderism and what's that doing. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Big topic here. Huge. Talking our way out of Rocky Horror. What does that mean? Well, that means that 
we're in a, the battle of our life, and the battle that we're in is against the whole transgender movement. This is the culture war that we will be fighting until the second coming of Christ. The question is, will there be any children left when the culture war is over? Our culture is what we hand on to our children. But as Terry said in the last segment, the West isn't having children. The birth rates are down. The people are wondering why we aren't having babies. Our men and women aren't having big families and our communities are becoming sterile and childless. This is a crisis that's been building for generations. And it really is sterility. That's the real climate change crisis of our time. <clears throat> we, we've trashed our sex symbols in only three generations. Think about that. The icons of male and female have been ruined by the equality of the sexes. And the West has become almost indistinguishable from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. What do I mean? We're being terrorized by maniacal transvestites who want to read uh, books to our kids in elementary schools and who want a genderless future. And yet the men and women who are opposed to the destruction of their sex are not unifying to revolt and create families. Without cultivating families, we have no culture. Amen. So how we are, how were we so spoiled and sterilized in the first place? You think about it. Yep. We've dressed our children in pink and blue, but we didn't we didn't color their we didn't we didn't color their language. We forgot to talk to children as 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 future mothers and fathers. How we talk to our children is how we cultivate them. Yeah, repeat that. That is a very important statement. How we how talk. we talk to our children yep. is how we cultivate right. them. And the LGBT cultist Grooming your kids, they understand this. Yep, they do. It's a war of words. They want to destroy this, this sexual distinction uh, be, uh, between, you know, between the, the species, male and female. That's what they want to destroy. Yep. And they want to warp gender, uh, the, the understanding of gender from, from the cradle up until they you know, graduate from college. Because the left, they have an obsession with language, with linguistics. And sexual identity hits the foundation of our civilization. This is why they, they're in kindergarten trying to enforce their barbarous dialect on our children. Yep. Our mother tongue is under attack and the maniacs are on target. They understand what conservatives, people of faith, and patriots have forgotten. That masculine men and women are created through language. Jesse, before you go on to this article, I just want to give a story because I think stories tell, tell it really clear, too. Yesterday, I went over to get some groceries because I had some friends coming over for a little barbecue. And by golly, there were two young men in their early 20s, and they were talking rather loud about Pride Month. Wow. And they were talking about transvestites, and they were just going on and on quite loud. So I said a prayer to my guardian angel. I said, you know, help me, help me bring these guys around to... A reality. So I say, excuse me, gentlemen. Um, I'm an old guy, but I'm listening to what you guys are saying. And, you know, if I told you I was seven foot five, would you believe me? And they said, no, you're not. You're like five, five. I said, you're right. It's a reality check. What you guys are saying 
is there's no reality here. God made male and he made female. Now, Jesse, they could have been just intimidated because I'm such a big guy. <laughs> no, I don't think so. You know what they said? Oh, we were just joking. We don't really believe in all that. The point of it is, though, Jess, we need to confront these people when we can in a loving way. I had to wait 15 minutes to get to my groceries because it was a long line. And I gave them Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And young man, if you're listening right now, I told them about Jesus 911. I told them about everything we do to help them get to heaven. And they seem to be open to me saying that, yeah, they go to Catholic uh, Mass every Sunday. I said, well, good. So the point I'm trying to convey in this article is we have to push back. And it wasn't that hard. I'm in a grocery store, and these kids are talking. These young men are bragging about being homosexuals. And uh, when I confront them on the issue, other people are listening. And I'm doing it in a courtesy way, in a very nice way. Uh, The point I'm making is we need to do that on a more regular basis because if we don't push back, it's going to push us over. Continue, Jess. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Terry. And just to show you how how powerful words are, uh, Anton LaVey, the founder of the Church of Satan back in 1966, look at what he said. This is back in the 60s. He said this is the way they they would take over young people. He said this, quote, he said, in order to subvert humanity using pop culture, most especially through the manipulation of the human mind, through music, Yep. And propaganda in politics. Wow. Anton LaVey. Wow. He said, this is the way we would take over the young people. Yep. Pop culture, music, and propaganda in politics. Terry, the left knows yep. the power of, of, of information. Right. And this is why they've taken over the schools. This is, this is why, where they're attacking our kids with this whole transgender ideology yep. is in the schools. Because they know, Terry, yeah. they know what even some of the founding fathers have said about the power of education. Abraham Lincoln, 16th president of the, of the U.S., he said this, quote, The philosophy of the classroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next generation. That's a fact. And that's what we're seeing right now. Yep. How about Vladimir Lenin, the uh, Russian Bolshevik? In 1917, the dictator from Russia, he said this, give me four years to teach your children and and the seeds I have sown Mm -hmm. will never be uprooted. Unbelievable. Vladimir Lenin. How about Adolf Hitler? Terry, all the the monsters, they all all know you've got to go after young people. Where? In school. Look at what Adolf Hitler said. Let me control the textbooks, and I will control the state. Yep. Yes. And this is exactly what's happening in America, Terry. Yep. Communism has entered into our school, and these communists have these Marxists have taken over our education, and they know what they're doing. They're grooming our children. This is what sexual predators do. Absolutely. It's called grooming. Yep. And Jesse, in this article. It talks about, have you ever heard the phrase, you sound like a girl? What is it about speech that can give away somebody's sex? There is something in the detail of our tongue that gives it away. We understand this as an instinctive level, but as a cultural 
uh, we've forgotten that boys and girls are supposed to sound distinct and speak differently to each other. And children are not spoken to and taught to speak as they thought they will fulfill distinct social roles. We forgot about that. We've talked to them like they're equals with interchangeable distinctions. See, this is where we're wrong, okay? We are dead wrong on that. The lingual franza of our culture is a vocabulary of equality. Remember we had Bishop Sheen's quote, equality leads to sterility. Westerners haven't spoken in a binary in a quite some time. We all think and speak in inverted symbolism. Conservative dis- dissidents are focused on the overtone window and free speech, but an uncensored internet won't generate human beings. Only romance language will. Well said, Chess. Terry, the left right now, through the transgender movement, yeah. which is the worst attack on the family I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. These people are deceivers. They're sons of Satan. Why do I say that? Because the Bible calls the devil, in Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, the, the one who deceives the whole world. The Bible also warns us, in 2 John chapter 1, verse 7, that the devil will send out his agents into the world. It says, John writes, Many deceivers have gone out into the world. Yes. What does it mean to deceive? It means to mislead people by a false appearance or a false statement to delude or to mislead or to falsely persuade others. This is what's happening with the transgender movement through the media, through our education. This is as St. Paul back in 1 Timothy 4.1. He called certain teachings doctrines of demons. The LGBT movement, Terry, falls under the auspices of doctrines of demons. Well, think about it. They do everything the opposite. That's what dev- devils do. Remember yesterday we talked about the tabernacle being upside down. And, and when it comes to sexuality, they do it the opposite of what God's way is. This is a very good sign that it's from the devil. That's my point, Jess. Terry, also this whole uh, uh, transgender movement, what it does, it, it, it fuels child abuse. Oh, of course it does. And, and I'll tell you why. Because even the American College of Pediatricians, in, in their own words, they said this, conditioning children into believing that a lifetime of chemical and surgical impersonation of the opposite sex is normal and helpful is nothing but child abuse. Yep. They said, endorsing gender discordance or confusion as normal via public education and legal policies will confuse children and parents, leading more children to present themselves to gender clinics where they will be given puberty-blocking drugs. This, in turn virtually ensures that they will choose a lifetime of carcinogenic and otherwise toxic cross-sex hormones and likely consider unnecessary surgical mutilation of their healthy body parts as young adults. And this is why, Terry, uh, the, the rate of suicide amongst this community is through the roof. The American College of Pediatricians also says the public promotion of transgenderism constitutes a form of child abuse. Well said, Jesse. And I want to just remind people, we're going to continue on this article when we come back from the break. And don't forget, we've got our friends from Church Militant coming up on the last segment to talk about what's happening in the news, Catholic news. But Jesse, I I just want to remind everybody, this is such a big issue, our children. And think about, you know, the young people today that 
they're trying to get this into all the schools. In California, we're way ahead of the rest of the country. They're putting all this transgenderism into the school system and public schools. And I want mom and dad to say, I'll just say this. Don't put your kids in public school if you're in California. End of story. They'll get corrupted here. What do you do? Well, you got other options. You got homeschooling. You got some other options where there's um, groups meeting together and co-ops. So I just say look for alternatives because the culture that we're in right now, it's like Sodom and Gomorrah. And uh, they're going to influence your kids away from your values. And obviously, we have to keep the kids on the straight and narrow towards Christ and his church. How do we do that? By talk, not just by talk, but by the walk. We have to walk the talk and show them the true knowledge and the love of Jesus Christ. And the truth is what matters. And the truth is in Jesus Christ. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Yes, we're too blessed to be stressed. Yes, we're too anointed to be disappointed. Yes, if if hope was money, we'd be a billionaire. Stay with us. Amen. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. The question is, are we raising a generation of monsters and are we doing this on purpose? Well, if you don't believe me, look at the young people that compromise Black Lives Matter, Antifa, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Occupy Wall Street. These are young people that have grown up in, in, in schools where they don't teach uh, that people are binary. They don't teach male and female. Nope. They teach Marxism. Here's the meat of the article that we're sharing with you. Let me show you the meat of the article. It says here, husbands marry and wives are married. Yeah. This follows the pattern of Christ who redeems and marries his bride. Christ gives his, blood and, his body and blood and the church receives Holy Communion. God calls Israel to the wedding feast, and in his parable, the wise virgins trim their wicks until the bridegroom appears to take them. The women are not, are not running to the groom any more than mankind can run to God. He had to come to us to redeem us. Do you see the pattern? Oh, yeah. There is active and passive in these icons. In other words, men are active, women are passive. That's right. Christianity is marriage. Equality cannot exist in marriage. Our culture is a cult of equality. The strange irony is that terms for active and passive lovers exist in in homosexual slang, but not that of normal couples. I hate to say that. But the rainbow people have clearer terms for these dynamics than most people do. The polarity is removed when we start talking about men and women as though they are synonymous in meaning. We have lost the nuance of the words that define our distinct roles. In this sexually liberated culture of ours, the symbols of man and woman have lost their magnetic meaning. What is it about magnets that gives them their unique properties? They aren't equal. There is a passive and active property to them. And they work on a polarity of positive and negative. Magnets either attract or repel according to their their force. Opposites attract and stick. Magnets that lose their polarity lose their sticking power, just like men and women. We speak a language that describes the dynamics of opposites. Yeah, once upon a time, even though we think of men and women as physically distinct, we don't imagine them as innately and fundamentally unique. And this is what has happened in the equality culture. 
We no longer cons consider men and women as changed for unique roles. Now we aren't sticking together to make families. We must become unequal to stick together and unite in family life. The only way to cultivate unequal children is through language and storytelling to show boys and girls how to speak and act in polarity, not equality. We train our children in the way they should go in stories. The Drag Queen Story Hour is the Rocky Horror Picture Show for your children That's of right. the modern age. It's a linguistic sex change program. The drag scientists want to destroy the virtue of children and their sense of sexual reality. How can we re-repair re the damage that these Frankenfurters have done to the little Brads and Jeanettes of the world? Well, traditionalists need to talk ourselves out of this deadly transgender sterility and back into our right minds as masculine and feminine creators. We must teach children to talk unequally and uniquely. In other words, boy, girl, man, woman, male, female, Adam, Eve. If we restore the culture of opposites, we can restore the sex symbols. Our culture depends on it. Terry? Jesse, basically, what we hear, what here at Virgin Most Powerful have a world biblical view of everything. It's not what we want. It's how does God see man and woman? And I think another connection could be really helpful is if people understood the theology of the body. And how that is goes back to the biblical roots of Genesis. And, you know, uh, once we take God out of the picture, we become animals, Jesse. I mean, I'm sorry to say that's a strong language. But, mm -hmm. yeah, because what happens is we, we go to our lower natures and, you know, you have people having sex with, with goats. I mean, this is really getting that bad right now in our culture. Why? Because we've thrown God out of the equation. Yeah, the, as, as the Catechism says in paragraph 2087, it says, the reason that we have every single moral deviation yeah. in society is because people do not know God. Yeah, that's all, it. Mo all moral deviations in society come from the fact that people do not know God. And let me tell you, what's happening right now, through to me, I would consider this the final attack of the, of the family. Of course. As, as mentioned to us by Sister Lucia in 1980, Satan's final attack will be against marriage and the family. Yep. And the LGBT movement, pride movement, is this final attack upon the family. This is Satan's final attack. This is the moral, this is the work of moral destruction that's being caused by this LGBT movement. And how do they do it? They use homosexual pride parades. They exert pressure on judges and lawmakers. They even exert pressure on corporations and companies. And, and, and they make numerous demands. And if, they, and if people don't accede to their demands, they threaten to paralyze or punish or persecute or cancel their opponents in these companies. And so you have these big companies, Terry, one after another, just caving in. What? Well, well well, Ch Jackie, Jesse, you talked about paragraph 675. You want to turn to your catechism? Do you have your catechism in front of you? You quoted yes. this many times. It's called the church's ultimate yes. trial. Could you just read paragraph 675? And I'm convinced that it's applying it to right now. We're living in that time. Please read it. Yep, I just opened up my catechism, paragraph 675. Christ's ultimate trial. 
Yes, and, and this, uh, by the way, this is in reference to the Antichrist, in case yeah. you're wondering. Yep, that's right. And this is why, this is, I think this is why we're living in eschatological yep, times. And, and I'm not trying to be an alarmist either. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to say, as Jesus says, he who has ears, let him hear. The Catechism says in 675, uh, it says that there will be a supreme religious deception uh, before the second coming of Christ, and that supreme form of this deception is out of the Antichrist, who will bring, here it is, a pseudo-messianism yep. by which man glorifies himself in the place of God and of his Messiah come in the flesh. Wow. Let me read it to you again, the whole thing. Before Christ's second coming, the church must pass through a final trial. That's right. That will shake the faith of many believers. Yep. It's called the apostasy. And it's happening well. right now, Jesse, in my right opinion. Right now. The persecution that accompanies her pilgrimage on earth will unveil the mystery of iniquity. By the way, mystery of iniquity, that's a reference to the, it's called the mystery of sin. Yes. What is the mystery of sin? It says, in the form of a religious deception, offering men an apparent solution to their problems at the price of apostasy from the truth. That's happening. What is, what is the apparent solution to our problems? Socialism, communism, yep. the World Health Organization's uh, Great Reset, you know, Project 2030, uh, you know, the New World Order. This is man's solution to the apparent problems. And many Catholics are falling into this. Many Catholics are actually part of this. Yep. And what does the Catechism say? At the price of apostasy from the truth. The truth of what? The truth of the Catholic faith. In other words, this religious deception is this. We no longer trust in God. God is canceled. God is fired. We will build our own world according to our own image and likeness. And we can figure things out ourselves. Yeah, that's pig. We don't need God. This is the religious deception yep. spoken of in paragraph 675 of the Catechism. Then it's the last sentence. The supreme religious deception is that of the Antichrist. A pseudo-Messianism by which man glorifies himself in the place of God and of his Messiah come in the flesh. Wow. So what is this religious deception? What is a pseudo-Messianism? I would say in our lifetime, it's been communism and Nazism, which both, both of them are socialist, by the way, mm -hmm. because both of those governmental systems, which are socialist, those in power are treated like little gods. They're glorified. They're little demigods. They're deified mortals. <coughs> Vladimir Lenin, Joseph Stalin, Adolf Hitler. <coughs> what happens under these systems, as it says here in the Catechism, man glorifies himself in the place of God. When communism takes over a country, the government becomes God. That's it. The government replaces God. Yep. And, 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 and the whole point of communism and socialism is that they're trying to build a perfect society by constructing, again, another Tower of Babel by their efforts, by their ingenuity, but make sure that God has no part of it. This is what they're trying to do right now with the Great Reset. With uh, with uh, this whole uh, you know this whole climate change movement coming from the World Economic Forum, coming from the from uh, you know the Freemasons, coming from uh, the secret societies, this new world order. This is exactly what's being described by paragraph six seventy five and six seventy six of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And I might add add six seventy seven when it says yeah. the Church will enter the 
glory of the kingdom only through this final Passover where she will follow her Lord into the death and resurrection. The kingdom will be fulfilled then and not by a historic triumph of the church through a progressive ascendancy, but only by God's victory over the final unleashing of evil, which will cause his bride to come down from heaven. God's triumph over the revolt of evil will take the form of a last judgment after the final cosmic upheaval of this passing world. Jesse, these three paragraphs of the Catechism, they sound very scary, but, you know, when I read them, I'm thinking, I mean, when has the world ever been in such deep, you know, you know what, than right now? I mean, sins of the flesh, Our Lady of Fatima said souls are going to hell because of sins of the flesh. That was 1917. Look what's happened after 1917. Pornography's just all around the world. And this is why I think we need to really get ourselves always ready for our particular judgment, which is our exit interview. Yes. Whether many of us live through all this time, but all of us most likely will die before that. I get that. But still, why are we doing? Are we setting ourselves up for that judgment seat? Are Are we getting ready to meet Jesus Christ? I hope so. Here's, here's something that we just all realized. Yeah, yes. When we were baptized, we all died. Amen, brother. Okay? We're, we're all dead. Terry's dead. Yep. I'm dead. Yep. When you were baptized, you died in Christ. But guess what? We will rise with him. Remember that. I'm not afraid of death because I'm already dead. I died at baptism. Amen. Well said. We've got Joe uh, Gallagher from Church Militant coming up here on the Terry and Jesse show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio from Church Militant. You won't want to miss that. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We're back to Terry and Jesse Show. I believe we've got uh, our, our compatriots from Church Militant on the line. Yeah, Joe Gallagher, welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show, brother. Hey, guys. Glad to be back. Thanks uh, for having us on again. Absolutely, and obviously... Much is going on in the Catholic world. I mean, it just seems like it keeps getting heavier and heavier. So why don't you give us a little preview of what you guys have coming later today? Sure, sure. Just before that, uh, you know, one one joke that we've, uh, a couple of producers and I, we've made in the past is, you know, we're kind of in a uh, self-defeating industry. I mean, the ideal for church militant, it would be, you know, priest saves cat from tree and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> Record baptisms at the cathedral. But unfortunately, we're not there yet, but nope. through God's grace. Amen. Hopefully. Yep. Um, hey, so, so what's going yeah, on with yeah. Steve? What's going on with Catholic Steve Bannon? Exactly. Yep. Catholic Steve Bannon. So as we all know, he was uh, charged in the fall of 2021 for contempt of Congress because of his refusal to testify or provide documentation given the whole uh, happenings on January 6th, uh, 2021. And in an interesting turn of events, Bannon and his legal team actually have served subpoenas to all of the members of the January 6th investigative <laughs> committee. So it's, it. it's very much fire with fire right now. I like wow. his approach. The best a defense is an offense, and he's doing it. Absolutely, he is. You know, and it's kind of it's an interesting situation because obviously assuming Bannon is guilty as he's pleading to be, this, this kind of says oh, to uh, Pelosi, Schiff, and even Liz Cheney on the minority side of the committee, all of those players saying, Okay, well, if you're refu- if you're saying that I'm refusing to produce documents, how about you, please produce yeah. documents and then vindicate me, or don't produce documents and still vindicate me. Although some experts are saying that uh, 
there's a, a speech and debate clause within the Constitution that prote protects the, uh, the the process of the committee. It, the jury's still out on that, of course, but it is uh, it is very cool to see the uh, fight offense with offense. It's awesome. I love it, oh. Joe. You know, you know what uh, boggles my mind is is uh, for two years for two years we saw 500 and some riots. Uh, at the, as a result of Antifa and Black Lives Matter, a lot of these guys were caught on video. We know who they are. And these the Democrats seem to be focused on one day. One day, you know, the, the infamous, you know, January, January 6th. 6th. Yep. And uh, it, mm -hmm. what's interesting is you could even see the police, the, the, the Washington, D.C. police, they were okay with it. You could see on video, they're opening the gates and they're waiting for people to come in. To me, I mean, this was an inside job, and uh, the, the 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 Democrats they can't see the forest; it's on fire because they're looking at one little tree. That's what's happening right here. It goes to show you uh, the double standard when it comes to lady justice in our country. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Ali Alexander, the organizer of Stop the Steal, and all that was happening at the end of 2020 after the election. Everything was becoming much more apparent. He actually made a uh, press release. He wrote up a press release. It was not as heavily covered as I would have expected it to be, talking about how there were two uh, two players leading women for Trump that actually moved the entire pro uh, protest or rally, the massive group of people that were there, the thousands that were there. They actually moved them to a location that was not uh, in conjunction with the permits that was organized by all of the organizers. Wow. So there are so many different moving parts that just aren't touched or purposefully ignored as it probably might be a better way to look at it so i totally agree um, by the way joe have you watched them i know you probably have have you watched the movie at 2000 mules i have not yet i really want to i yeah. really really want to you know there's people have sent around some like saying you know watch it for free but you know, this is that's good work and i want to support good work by yeah. you know watching yeah. it the right way paying for yeah. it and, and everything like that you know so talk to us about the colorado bishops all righty. So uh, obviously hot off the uh, hot off the press with the Colorado bishops. They're following right after uh, Archbishop Cordelioni's lead in a manner. And I think that's something that's uh, that I'd like to pose a question to in a moment here. But essentially, so there was the uh, the REA Act, uh, uh, the Reproductive Health Equality Act. It was just passed in Colorado, a House bill, which uh, would it's going to uh, Governor Polis's desk, which would allow abortion of any child, regardless of race, gender, sex, disability, whatever, from conception until the moment of birth to be legalized within Colorado. And it's just horrible. And so all three dioceses of Colorado, their bishops and an auxiliary in Denver, so we have Denver, Colorado Springs, and Pueblo, they put together a letter doing some pretty awesome things and some uh, something I, I personally, we have, a, we have a question here at Church Millicent about, uh, they, they congratulated the Catholic politicians who did vote for life and try to defend the rights of the preborn to life, to liberty, and all those things that are awarded to those individuals who had the gift of being able to have been born. And so much so, they actually called that logic of saying, oh, just because a person has yet to be born doesn't offer them the same rights as somebody who has. They call that logic morally corrupt. And I think that that's, you know, that's powerful language, and that's solid, solid, solid uh, writings by the uh, by the bishops. And one other thing, I have the whole letter right here, just so you know, I highlighted a couple of awesome points. You know, they talk about you know, the Catholic politicians who have done so, voted for the, uh, the uh, passage of this bill, should it become law, they very likely placed themselves outside of the communion of the church. Mm -hmm. And that is a 
clear explanation saying the chances are because you, you don't know possibly, I don't know how, but there is the chance that they don't know the teachings of the faith on this. So many Catholics today don't. And that's another point that the bishops mentioned saying, when you go to receive Holy Communion and you're a pro-abortion politician, you are likely to, cons to uh, you are likely to cause other Catholics to lose an appreciation and an understanding of the Eucharist. With all of that said in this letter, they finally ended up, end up saying, we ask all of these pro-abortion politicians to voluntarily refrain from receiving Holy Communion. We'd love to see that, uh, that more strong directive like Cordiglione did, but you know what, this is, this is a step. And they yeah. talk about how they're reaching out to these and they're trying to enter into some discussion. Some, very few, but some of those pro-choice, pro-choice, forgive me, pro-abortion, pro-child murder politicians have accepted, so hopefully we'll see some fruits out coming out of that. Joe, one comment of my Bishop Aquila, who I've met, and I've, he's consistently defended human life yes. in the Eucharist, but in a letter of 2021, uh, this, he got a lot of criticism from the liberal uh, cardinal in Chicago, Cardinal Blaze, and I think that for him to do this now again, he knows he's going to take heat. I'm going to be down at the Bishop's Conference here in San Diego uh, and I am going, if I see him, I'm going to thank him for what he did because he, he stood up because I'm going to give you my take and maybe I'm too strong, Joe, but they're either, they don't believe in the sanctity of life. Some of these bishops are they're cowards. Either one, mm -hmm. it's not good. Yeah, I, I, we fully agree, you know, and, and, or they just have a zero understanding of what the Holy Eucharist is. And that's another thing that's so commendable with these Colorado bishops is they, they make that very, very clear in their letter. Love it. Terry, let, let the audience know where you're going to be at today. Oh, pardon me. Oh, no, I'm not going to be there today. Monday, I'm going down. Oh, got it. Uh, to, I won't be on uh, the radio show Monday because I'll be down in San Diego. And uh, I'll be with our good friend who's got the show with us, the, ter the Bishop Strickland Hour. And I'll be uh, spending some time with the good bishop. bishop when, when are you going to be on Newsmax? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to be on Newsmax at 345 today, California today. time. 245, yeah, California time, which is fine. I'm going to be... Uh, talking about what you're just saying as about the pro-life issues of the day and stand up for life. So, yes, we're all in it together here, Joe, trying to get the message out for the sanctity of life. But we still got one more show, one more topic for your show. Can you give us that before we run out of time? Of course. So the USCCB called for a uh, religious freedom week uh, the last week of June, and every single day has a uh, specific intention to be praying for. Yes. Uh, some of them are, are fantastic, yes. such as you know walking with mothers that are going through struggling, preg uh, difficult pregnancies, awesome. and providing them some resource. There are some questions, though. You know, talking about the uh, the June healthcare workers. So June 28th, they're praying for the uh, uh, the the freedom of conscience for healthcare workers. In particular, of course, with relation to being able to provide or refuse to provide abortion services if they so oblige. But the question does arise. So many different dioceses, including like the one you just mentioned, Terry, yeah. the uh, Archdiocese of Chicago, mandated the uh, COVID vaccination. Yeah. Some other dioceses for their seminarians refusing men holy orders just because their conscience told them, I can't, I can't or, accept this vaccination, quote-unquote. So there's some confusion in that. Amen. But um, that's the other thing that we're, we'll be covering tonight on Evening News. Awesome. Well, Joe, keep up the good work there at Church Militant. And I just always like to plug also the other resources you guys have. Take a minute just to summarize some other resources people have when they are on uh, the, your website. Absolutely. I know we sometimes when we cover some of these stories where 
always looking at what some people would say that you know the negative aspects, the difficult aspects. We're always so angry and mean at church militant, but we also have so many that that's a necessary investigations, necessary questions to ask. But oh, yeah. we also have our premium content that promulgates the glories of the faith, that teaches what it is to be a yeah. Catholic, from devotionals to theology. Uh, it's all there, all on churchmilitant.com. Well, Joe, thanks again for joining us here on the Terry and Jesse Show. We're birds of the feather flocking together, trying to help people get to heaven. That's the role of all of our apostolates. Nothing more, nothing less. Thanks so much, Joe. Oh, thank you, guys. God love you. Jesse, wrap it up, brother. Summarize that, please. Yeah, Terry, uh, the, the, here's, here's a summary. Yeah. As Catholics, keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen. The author and finisher of our faith. Very simple. Yep. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, the Bible also tells us, do not put your trust in men, put your trust in God. Remember this, when people say things look bad, things look dark. When you were baptized, you already died. Amen. So what, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid of the, uh, a vaccine? Are you afraid of a virus? I'm not afraid of anything. I'm already dead. I died in Christ when I was baptized. And I will rise again with Christ one day. I, every single one of us, as Jesus Christ says, he says that we are in the palm of his Father's hand. That's a good place to be. Think about that. When you feel stressful and anxiety or depressed, think about that. I, as a Catholic, if I'm in a state of grace, I am in the palm of of God the Father's hands. And guess what? There's no safer place to be on planet Earth. The first Pope also told us, remember this in Acts 2.40, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Wow. Terry, take it away. All right, my friend. I want to remind everybody, Father Charles Murr, our good priest friend who's got the book called Murder in the 33rd Degree. It's on our website. You can pick it up by going to vmpr.org. And much, much more. There's the Bishop Snyder book on the Catholic Mass. These are two good books to help build your faith up in the Lord Jesus. Jesse, what state should we be living in, brother? Got to live in a state of sanctifying grace. There's no choice, no choice, no retreat, no surrender. Don't look back. Amen. Do not live in a state of mortal sin. You got it. Flee, as St. Dominic Savio says, flee sin. Run the other direction. Amen. And I always say, Our Lady of Fatima said, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Are you willing to make sacrifices for the salvation of souls? Please say yes. Because that's you're off, you're off the team if you're not praying the rosary every day. I mean it. We have to make reparation for the sacrilegious outrages that are going on right here in our church. We can be part of helping people get to heaven by praying for them and making sacrifices. May God richly bless you and your family. See you again tomorrow. God bless.